Hello. Welcome to another edition of Loud Dispatch, starring your host, Mark. And Cheech. Cheech. Uh, tonight, uh, before we get started, as always, uh, I would like to thank our sponsors. By the way, all of our sponsors, we, don't, we, we don't actually don't have sponsors. Like, don't even think about that. Like, we're just, we're just two dudes, like, talking about shit. And, like, we hope that we can engage with you guys. Uh, but tonight's sponsor is Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, oh, I know what that hoping, is. They're hoping to be open this year uh, for the summertime camp classes that they have. Uh, however, due to COVID-19, they're not sure whether or not they will be open or not. So, fingers they're not crossed. about the mass murderer, though. It's just COVID-19. No, oh, no. No. Mass that's, murder that's totally never, okay. That's never that's happened. That's never that's happened. No. Part no, of the no, charm no, no, no. of the place. Part no, of the no, charm. No, no, no. All right. Scream reference real quick. Oh. Hey, let me ask you a question. Who is the killer in that movie in the very first one? In the very first scream? No. Oh. In in the very The one first Crystal Lakes? It yeah. was Jason. That's a Jason movie. It was um mm, who is no, the first Crystal who, who is the first killer in the first movie? It was uh I Jason. make this I make this reference <sighs> because this is the exact same question that she gets wrong in Scream. It was Jason's mother. You are correct, sir. Yes. You okay. are correct, sir. Well played. Well played. And then I, know my, very... I didn't have enough liquor in me at first, but now I'm good. Yeah, yeah. At very first glance there, I was about to be like, oh, I don't know. Well, I, so I knew Crystal uh, Lakes was a Jason franchise. Again, yeah. I'm not a horror fan, everybody. Correct. Everybody, whoever's listening, whatever. I'm not a, I, I like some horror movies. I don't mm -hmm. dislike horror movies. Mm -hmm. I just don't go for them. I, uh, I did know yeah, that Crystal yeah. Lakes was the campground in the Jason movies, and yeah. Um, yeah, they're good. Yeah, I watch a lot of horror movies. I watch a lot of terrible horror movies because I think they're fantastic, mm. and I watch a lot of great horror <laughs> movies as well. I watch everything. I, I am a movie buff, but we'll get to that. Tonight, we had planned on talking about a little bit about music history and like where it has come not music Wait, not music recorded, history. Re recorded music and the media that it's printed on and where it's gone to from there and right the industry and so about an hour ago teach called me and told me this is the topic and yeah i don't know if anybody can hear my son but he wants to say hi no okay cool <laughs> never mind cut that cut that <laughs> it's cool it's cool we'll do an ending yeah, right. <laughs> 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 so like you know you you think about music right like technically music is sound waves moving in vibrations that you create you know these beautiful archetypes of sound the sound waves eardrums. are right. vibrations in the air right that's exactly right. what they are right it's the air vibrating so with that being said, I mean, we can take it all the way back, you know, like, this is how people used to get the, their news. This is how, like, you know, you'd have your singing maestro through the streets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Long story short, so let's, let's forward ahead a little bit. Let's get into, like, you know, 
now we're sitting around campfires and we're playing like guitars. You know what I mean? Like we're writing songs, we're singing lullabies, we're doing all these things. You know what I mean? Talking present day. What's are that? Are we talking present day? Or are we going? No, back? no, no. Uh, we're going back. We're going back. Uh, we're going back. Cowboy campfires, kumbaya. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. We're going to fast forward a little bit here. We have all kinds of different like recording equipment and stuff now. Like we're looking into to like actually like recording like music, right? As an art form. But like we're not thinking of it as of that. We're thinking of it as entertainment. So we're thinking about broadcasting, like live broadcasting, like mm-hmm. radio and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they realize, like, yo, we need something like the FCC. Like, we do have freedom of speech. Yes, this is correct. Every American has it. However, if you want to broadcast through any, any radio station, you need to make sure that you're cleared through the FCC. We don't have to. So, so we don't have to, right? <laughs> but at the time, you did. So, okay, so... Now, at this point, bands are coming along. Music is starting to pick up. We're starting to see these trends. People are starting to like, oh, my God, what do I do? We start getting into, like, records, right? You know what I mean? Like, people are listening to records all the time. Like, they're going out, they're buying singles, they're buying full-length records. Like, they might hear one song on the radio and be like, wow, that's really catchy. Now I need to buy this record, right? And I remember as a kid, my grandmother, we used to go to this restaurant, and right next door to the restaurant was a music store. So I would always like slob down my food real quick and then be like, yo, 50 cent, 45s. My grandma would slip me a five and be like, go get some music. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. So I'd have all these like 45s, like singles. Like I'd have like a couple records here and there. You know what I mean? Like it really got me into music. Like as a little, little kid, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and then, so then like we skip forward a little bit and I remember being like this dude that was like so into music and I'm listening to like cassette tapes right and, like I'm trying to buy like regular music and like I'm buying the full album you could buy singles like on cassette tapes mind you right you could record from the radio from it and like, you know, you'd have to pause play, you know what I mean? Record it all at the same time and like be ready for it and like hit the pause button. Like as soon as the commercial break was over, like it's a whole thing, right? Like, so a mixtape to me is very genuine. If somebody actually sat down and took the time to make a mixtape for me, like a physical mixtape, cassette tape, that means something, right? Mm -hmm. It did. It did. I mean, it did. Mixtapes aren't really a thing anymore. Right. Now we move into like the age of like CDs, right? We're like, oh, we can skip ahead. We don't have to re- rewind. You know what I mean? It's not going to play out. Like, we can, like, oh, we can listen to CDs. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be great. And then it was like, CDs were like cool for like a minute. Like, everybody bought CDs. Everybody had cases of CDs. Everybody was burning CDs, like doing all this crazy stuff. Two decades, CDs were really into two decades. CDs mm. were the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like a good decade, decade and a half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cheers. Now, now we move in. Cheers. Yes. Now we move into like, like multimedia, like downloading music, right? Like Napster and shit, right? Yeah. Digital. Like, okay, so now we can digitally, like, you know, 
have these sales. We can digitally sell our product. We can digitally make this happen, like all this shit, right? And what's crazy to me now is like now, like you would have to have like back in the day, you would have to have like uh, a, a Zune. I'm going to go ahead and have that was my first piece of audio equipment was a Zune. By the Your way. first digital MP3 yeah. player. For those I of you. Do. OK, so for those of you. Like 14 or 26 songs or something. Yeah. So um, for those of you that don't know, do you remember like the iPod? Like, you know what I mean? Like back in the day. Okay, well, this was Microsoft's version and it had like games and it was like, it was like the Samsung version of the Apple, right? Mine wasn't even that advanced. Mine held, I think it was a maximum of 20 songs and that's it. Mm -hmm. You couldn't yeah. even, didn't have a screen on it. You just had to blindly flick through and right. know your placement of songs. Right. This, and this is exactly what I'm getting at. So. With that being said, then we move into like this like whole downloading and like saving on the cards. Then we like move it onto our phones because now our phones are advanced, right? Super and, fierce, yep. Right. And now it's like we don't even need to do that because all we need to do is stream music. And as long as you have like some kind of music source like Amazon Music or like, you know Spotify. Spotify, iTunes. Pandora, like whatever. All people we like, want to put this podcast out with so we want to right them. yes like i'm just saying like you don't need to like buy anything purchase anything like it's all there for you like you know what i mean like mm -hmm. but it's the same way that the music industry has changed as well so let's go back in time and let's talk about that right before we do that first Mm -hmm. So there was a part I wanted to cover, but I didn't want to stop sure. you. Yeah, yeah, please. So let's do. go at the actual physical formation of music, mm. right? Real quickly, I'll cover this. Okay. We started off way, way back in the day with yeah. uh, what you would consider, say brass cylinders with punches, you know, uh, not recessed, but um, popped out portions of it so that as these fingers went along these metal fingers it would hit this thing and fling the finger and you get a ding 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 music boxes we went from that format uh advanced that a little bit and then we went into what i i believe would be records next um vinyl same no there were there were a couple of different formats there were things like that there was other things like you would actually have like hole punches where you would have like a, a letter board that same would roll through. Though, like same, same idea. idea, same idea, yeah, right? Yes. But on different platforms. And yes. let's 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 be clear. You know, what I mean, it is different platforms. So like, let's go from there. We advanced mm -hmm. into records at that point, from doing this mechanical music to something that works similar, but then amplifies the sound through a speaker. Uh, and it would basically, it was raised in lowered areas on vinyl that this needle would skip over, a very sensitive needle, and it would read those vibrations and play music. And then we got into eight tracks. Um, and I believe cassettes and eight tracks were kind of the same concept with a film or a tape inside that was read. Yes, um, correct. And then, then we got into the CDs, and the CDs were essentially the same idea as a record, but instead of a needle reading the dips and dives and the you know raises rises and, and everything, it was a laser eye that would read digital information, ones and zeros or whatever binary code. At that point, we were using ones and zeros. Those things would have been the size of cars, but right. um, you know, and that's how it was made. And then that in 
that uh, technology format itself into the digital age. The same technology is actually used. I mean, the computer is just reading uh, binary code, but it's it's a much more advanced form of binary code at this point. Right. Um, and that's how digital music is working. So I wanted to cover that evolution also. But please, let's go into um, yeah. Uh, that, and please, at this point. please don't get me wrong. Like, if there's anything that anybody wants to comment on, please, we're not saying we're that that we're experts. We just know some shit. Like that's it. Like we're I don't not saying we're that much. I just have learned some things along the way, and I could be completely wrong. Right. I, I'm not a doctor, but I did stay right. at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And it was. Did you really? No. Yeah. Well, it sounded really good. Didn't it, it did sound really good. No. That could have been a sponsor. Like that could have oh, been. Oh, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. Probably Springfield uh, Sweets or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit quickly about like the music industry, right? Like where it goes, right? Like people realize very early on that you can make music, like you can make money playing music, like selling the news, doing, you know what I mean? Like just having a job, like being a street peddler, you know what I mean? Like so as far back as, you know, orchestras and, and Mozart right. and symphonies. And the only way to hear that music was to go see it. And those people paid to go see it. Right. So what, I'm, so what I'm getting at is that like going further down the line, like there's no reason like, you know, we start these record labels, right? That would like, yeah. basically what a label is, is it gives you money that you pay back with a very, very high interest. And they give you all these contacts and information and they're supposed to hook you up and like make you, you know, whatever, where it is. Well, they but, give you money to make the record. And a lot of a, times they will actually push you towards right. a producer and a studio. Correct. Correct. The, point, the reason Correct. they're giving you money is to make content. Correct. This this was the the way it was. All right. Yes. Like, yes. We're, now again, and they would find you. I think we want to cover this. They would find you a lot of times word of mouth. Um, you know, back in the fifties and stuff. Right. 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 Okay. Mouth, you didn't have yes. money to make albums and send them out. Yes. You would play shows. People would talk. Yes. You know, People would hear it on the radio. You know what I mean? Well, you would end up getting to the radio locally. Right. And it would get heard, and you would right. grow, and it was a slow movement. Right. right, but if your record got played on the rec on the radio, like back in the fifties, it was like, you oh my it. god, we're we're gonna be rock stars, you know? In the two thousands, we were like that with Draw Monday when our albums would be played. We'd be like, oh, look at us! Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, there's like four people listening, and they're like, ah, yeah, Sunday night radio, <laughs> nobody's on. <laughs> Shit, this is the only station. All right, I guess so. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the German tenor was played on the X, and it was like, yeah, we were like, all right, this is cool. And then it was like, just like, so, yeah, yeah, okay, huh? boner done. All right, but yeah, so anyway, the point that I'm getting at is that you start getting into these like record companies, right? And what they make money off of is record sales. So when you sign a contract, there's multiple different ways. We're not even going to get into it. But a contract basically means that you can either sign the rights to the music itself, meaning that the music that you wrote, you are signing the rights over to this company for their money, their sponsorship, everything else. Or you can sell the rights to the recordings that you are going to be doing with this company. Okay, I was going to another... say, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. There's, There's a, a very big difference in the whole art world. Absolutely, people are buying a finished product, mm -hmm. 
a recorded record. Correct. The actual physical recorded record. Correct. Same with artwork. When I did graphic right. design, I've done it my whole life. Uh, when you create artwork, it is your property. The customer is buying the right to use it and the printed artwork that you give them or whatever purpose it is digital, mm -hmm. but it is my property. Right. Whoever created it, the company you work for yourself, music, the record label, whatever money, it could be their music. You have to look in contracts and things, right? Happened and this a lot, is, a lot of people in the old days. I, I will say this is why you see a lot of albums coming out that are re-recordings of previous albums that are just being re-released, like uncut, right? Yep. Because they now have the rights to either the music that they recorded with the label and they're putting out themselves to make money or they are re-recording all of the tracks because they still own the rights to the songs, but just want to put it out at a particular time when they know well, that it's going to be selling. You know well, they I mean? might not own the rights to the recording of right. the song, but the song, right. the actual material they own. Right. Like the record label would own the actual recorded version of it. Correct. Now, own, you know, but you own your song. So with that being said the music industry would look at that and they'd be like okay so let's see how many you know albums you've sold right you know what i mean let's see where you're at independently wise what your following is Folks, well, you didn't have that originally it wasn't like no no no, no 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 yeah you're right you're right in the, the 50s movie, it was um, right yeah the thing yeah. you do yeah right you a song right. record label heard it boom you know Right. Uh, we're skipping ahead. We're skipping yeah, we're, ahead. We're way ahead. We're nowadays with social media. Right. Um, well, and that's that's kind of like where I'm trying to get to. Is yes, like yes. The evolution of it. You know what I mean? Like like record ahead? labels. Like we're, we both are. Like record <laughs> labels used to... <laughs> There's not really an ahead or behind at this point. Right now, you just got to try and keep up. <laughs> All right. So follow me here, right? Record, record labels actually used to come out and listen to bands, and they would invest money in bands because they yep. thought bands would make money for them, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, this changed, and record labels started to become loans, like banks. Like, they would put money behind you, and they would expect money back. And it's at this point where, you know, you see a lot of people revolting and trying to be like, okay, well, we're going to put this out independently, right? But that's not as easy as it seems. Yes, it may be easy to record and it may be easy to print and everything else, but to actually physically sell copies of your album is very difficult. To distribute it Correct. across the nation or country Correct. or world or, you know. Which is, country, which is what a label does. There's more that a label does too, and we're not going to get into that tonight. But in a, another point, yeah, we is, will. This is a whole new conversation if we want to get into like the right. record industry, the right. know, music industry. So my point being is that now, you know, it used to be that you'd have to go to the store and you'd have to buy a 45 or you'd have to buy a, you know, a well, cassette it, it was, tape or you'd have to buy a CD or you'd have to buy something physical. Now we're at the point where you can download an, a song, right? Well, let's go back. So originally it was based on actual talent. Mm -hmm. You had to Correct. be good enough for a record label to think this is marketable. I right. can sell this. You know, put right. some sunglasses on this guy. They all wear the same suit. Boom. We're going to make money off of this. And right. they would go out and find your market and and put you in it and help develop you as a a product. By now, the way, it's more of you have to almost market yourself. Yeah. And in most cases, have a following to 
for the record label to look at you and say, we can make money off them because they've already done the legwork. Right. You know, right. Uh, it's a lot of cases. I mean, and now, not, now, all, not all. By the way, I'm going to drop a little trivia on you. What was the first group that was put together as like a actual like group, right? Like they shot, they, they did TV show about them and everything else, but they were a manufactured group put together in order to play music. By a, by a record company or by By, by a record company. Okay. Um, let me start. I love trivia, but let me first start. I'm going to start naming some decades. See if I'm even close. I'm going to say the 50s. Bro, you ready for this shit? I don't know. Was I close? No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. It, it was the monkeys. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They were the yeah. 50s. Were they the 50s? Hell yeah, they were the 50s. Were they? Oh, no, 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 wait. Maybe they were the 60s because they were yeah. pretty psychedelic. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's who I was going to guess. Damn it, yeah. you should have cut me off. I should have, like but I didn't. Anyway. The monkeys. Because they were literally a joke at the beginning. Did you freeze or are you staring at me? You froze. Okay. That's a great freeze frame though, man. I don't know if you saw any of that, but you froze hardcore. Yep, same here. Oh, that was cool, oh, dude. I was talking to you the whole time. That was awesome. It was cool. It was cool, right? I had this look like I was completely wrong about something. But <laughs> so, so it really kind of made me nervous. So, um, yeah, the monkeys I initially mm-hmm. were put together as a, not a joke, but a parody of the, yeah. the Beatles and, and they, uh, the they put Boys the- and yeah, and as a TV show as well, because so they wanted the, to market them. They're the first Backstreet Boys, is what right, we're saying. Right, they're the right, first well, boy the, band pop genre put together for a purpose of entertainment band by a national conglomerate. Yes. <laughs> I felt like that was pretty accurate. So my point really being... Wrong. Let's 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 keep going down this track though. Okay, so you know, again, you would have to buy these articles in order to make sales, right? Then, when we were in the business, right, like record labels didn't give a shit about what you sold. They wanted to see what your sound sound scans were. And what a sound scan is is on the there's a barcode on the back of every CD, and every time it's registered at a store or wherever. It rings it out, and that barcode goes into what's called SoundScan, and SoundScan registers like ticket sales, it registers all kinds of stuff, and it shows the progression of a band like where they're at, like you know if people are buying you know tickets to the shows, if people are going to go. Well, first of all, you have to have your your music in distribution already. At correct. That point. Correct. Correct. We sold CDs, and there was no barcode on that shit. Nobody scanned anything. You right. Know? Right. So. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is all stuff that I had to learn the hard way. You know what I mean? Like by selling like, a thousand right. CDs before you realize it makes no difference. Right, right. Yeah. We sold, we sold like somewhere in the like we we sold a lot of CDs. We and we sold a lot of digital downloads. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now, now we're in the age where you can just stream music. Like music just streams, right? Like any any kind of app, like you can just stream music. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to go to anywhere. You know what I mean? Let me like, ask you this: Does that kill legitimacy? I don't think it kills legitimacy. What I think it kills is it kills 
the idea that you actually have to go out and physically purchase an album, like in order to listen to NWA's like Shredder Compton and like Easy Does It and like all these albums that I wanted as like a kid, like right? Yeah. Get a bus to Central to the Mall. I would I have to pay. Spotify. I have almost but, every song I ever want to listen to. But what I'm saying is, as a kid, right, like, I would literally have to go to the mall, like, you know what I mean? Like, pay some dude, like, extra money to go in and buy me a parental advisory CD, right? Or so, record it off the radio if you could stand the radio no, edit. No, because you couldn't stand the radio edit with the Ghetto Boys, right? Yeah. All right? You can't do that. Like, no, I no. listened. To, bro, I was listening to some, some hardcore hip-hop and like, I like real, real quick, my parents heard a recording of my cousin and I talking one day about hip hop that we had purchased, right? Like cassette tapes that we had purchased. And we were like, oh, yeah, the Ghetto Boys, NWA, Shredder, Compton, Oscar, be so good. Oh, I can't believe we got the Yellow Album. You know what I mean? Like, we got Bone Enterprise. Like, oh, it's going to be so lit. It's going to be crazy. It's gonna be, you know, whatever the words were at that time, you know? Yeah. What I mean? but we were, like, very, very, like, way too young to be listening to this shit. Like, we were like, blowjobs, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, And there wasn't Google or Wikipedia at the time, so. Right, like, you would yeah, actually have to, like, physically, like, okay, we're older than Google. Out. Right. kids out there. Yeah. Um, but, like, the point that I'm getting at is that, you know, now we're at the point where streaming is the way to do it. You don't make money off of selling albums anymore. You don't. This, no. is, this is not where it's from. It's from streaming. It's from media. It's from, you know, participating. And, like, that's why you saw this blip in music for a while where bands were like, look, we're going to put our whole album up on our you know page if you like it donate something if not we don't give a shit like just listen to it you know what i mean because it's respect for the art it is it is um I, when i mentioned legitimacy what i was trying to use as a point is so now like you and i have both played out hundreds you know probably together over a thousand shows easily whoa easily yeah you know, um yeah we have played with some very shitty bands, yeah. some very good bands, but some very, very shitty bands. Mm -hmm. But those bands have the same ability to upload their music and sell it on the same platform that every other band, professional, amazing, sucky, they all have this ability now to, yeah. to it equalizes, I don't know how to say this, it, uh, it, the platform, the playing field is now leveled, right? Everybody has the same platform. Now it's just who you have in your corner, who's helping you promote, right. who you're following. Right. Um, we played with some great bands mm -hmm. that were just crappy people. Right. Nobody liked them. Well, no, and that's... How are you going to make a following when everybody thinks you're a bunch of assholes? Real know? quick, that's something that I'd like to bring up. Uh, so almost every show you play, right, like as a local artist, right? get to the show there's tons of bands there bands that you know bands that you don't know you know what i mean like mm -hmm. opening acts and whatnot and like the bands that you do know you're like oh hey what's going on guys what have you guys been up to oh what you been doing oh you're recording stuff oh you're doing stuff oh that's great like sounds cool you know what i mean the bands that you don't know you're like who the fuck are these guys i can't hear you they cool they cool we good do you um you friends with them you know yeah a little more 
<laughs> it's it's yeah, it's like very very clicky, like you know. It is. Know, it like, is. And so it I kind of enjoyed that because we were. <clears throat> so Drop Monday was at a point I think where we considered ourselves. Maybe we weren't, but we considered ourselves, say, higher half of Pittsburgh's better music scene. You know, okay. we were on the top fifty percent maybe 51, uh, you know, maybe right there, but we kind of put ourselves in that higher end. So we knew all the bands at the time in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we played with all of them. So when it came down to like, who knew who, we were in the upper echelon, um, which I kind of liked, but we were never rude to any band, you know? So real quickly, um, we played a show at Mr. Smalls once this random band had contacted us and wanted an opening spot. We were like, hell yeah, you know, little metal band. They were younger guys, cool. When they got there, they were like 12 and 13, right? And uh, we met them in the green room, in the back room of Mr. Smalls and, you know, we're hanging and we're drinking. They're obviously not. And their parents are there. We're chatting with their parents and them. And they were so nervous. I think this was one of their first shows and and I'd say there was a few hundred people in there you know it was a good good size show and uh they got up on stage and we all pushed our way to the front and uh and we just cheered these guys on I mean they were rocking for their age I mean they weren't refined or anything but man they they were stiff for like two songs and then the third song hit and people we were cheering we had other people clapping and cheering man they felt it they got into the groove they started headbanging and move. Oh, it was, it was so amazing as a musician. I felt like a proud parent at the time because, like, we're in the back right before they went on. They're nervous. They're pacing. And we're like, you got this, guys. Don't worry. You know, everybody's here to see you. All your buddies are in the crowd. They're going to love it, you know, and, and everybody screws up. They're going to have no idea. That's what right. anybody who's ever played in a band has no idea. We screw up all the time, and you feel so bad about it on stage, but nobody knows. Nobody that is it already played the songs now. So, you know, these guys, they ended up having an amazing night. If they were any older, I'd say they went home and got laid, but of course they didn't. But, you know, they probably got pizza and ice cream. And, and uh, I mean, they were, it was just so amazing to see this. And to me, although I love being in that upper echelon, as my own pride to see this and to, you know, work with these young kids. And, oh, it was amazing, man. Probably one of the coolest moments in Drop Monday's history. So, interesting. So, I was in a band called the Have Nots, right? I love the Have Nots. And the Have Nots were like a ska band. We had a horn section, like the whole nine. I played trumpet, trombone. The Have Nots. No, of the horn section. The Brass Holes. (laughs) Um, We. We we played a little show uh, on like one of these bars that were set like alongside the the river, right? So you could dock your boat up, get out, come on to the bar. Do you know what bar I'm talking about? It was um it was a battle of the bands that we played with you guys. Yeah, down yeah. at what used to be Donzies. Yes, in the strip district, and it's that it's like three bars on a dock. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my favorite. Yeah, do you remember do you remember the keg on the yes, boat? Okay. Yes, well, we spent half the day on the boat. <laughs> yeah, we were half kicking the ass. Uh, but it was funny because we went on, you know, we did our thing, everybody had a great time. It was a wonderful show. 
And then, like, later on in the evening, there was this group called The Known World, right? They're the ones with the... So the bass player was a little tubby kid, Mm -hmm. but he had this flea, sparkly silver... I I don't know how I remember this stuff. Um, He had this silver flea modulus edition bass. mm -hmm. It was like a $1,700 bass. I didn't have anything like this. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely epic, right? Not to mention the fact that at one point, all three of them got up and switched instruments all the way yes. around. Like, did a Oh my God, I forgot that. And without even skipping a beat. And these kids were, oh, I mean, like stellar. 13, they were, 14. I felt like an asshole playing after this kid. Well, what's funny is that I still talk to like this one kid and like. Do you, you really? Know, yeah, we absolutely. Played we played other shows with them. I remember he, that. He's a brilliant musician. I mean, he really is a brilliant musician. Dave Yarkowski. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you guys haven't ever heard of him, but um, you know what I mean. Like shameless plug, but <laughs> it it was uh, he he's fantastic. Um, the point that. It, I think we're we're trying to make here is so looking at the evolution of music, looking at where it's going, looking at where we're at. Mark, where do you feel music is going? Not in the direction of like music per se, because we already uh, discussed and we discussed in genres, subgenres that music comes and goes in waves, right? But what I'm saying is is that can you predict what the future of music is going to be if we're already streaming music straight directly to our phones? Is it going to be like an implant in our head? What, like, First, what do you think? Can yeah. you see this? Can you see this image? Yes. This is that show at Donzie's. Mm-hmm. This was dropped Monday at that show. Yeah, that would be them. I yeah. remember that. So, um, Our band had a boat with a keg on it. So we all just it ended up being on the room. Yeah, all, it, all the bands that like we knew the have nots pretty well. We played a lot of show with you guys, and yeah, you know, like there uh, was, we ended up we we just used the boat as a green room and got hammered, and we spent cra- the whole day there. Nuts! It was crazy. I I don't know what anyway, but yeah, continue. So I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I don't know what even we're working on at this point, technology wise, to guess at what. Mm-hmm. the future of music uh distribution is that's what you're thinking is music distribution you know the platform that music is bought and played on um so i don't know i mean if we're already digital the only thing i could see is bands broadcasting their own music through radio waves or some megahertz frequency and you have to buy the right platform to receive it and or, or sign on, what you're gonna end up doing is signing on to a, their page or their megahertz on your phone in some app and paying the band no. for their own But I don't know, I mean, do you have a better idea? I, I, I don't think so, honestly, if, if you look at it, right? Like you used to come out with like one single and people would be like, wow, that's crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. then you would come out with an album and they would be like, oh, that's crazy, right? Now it's about the discography. It's about how many genres can you fit into a discography, right? Like, so if you write a hundred songs, it's better put a hundred songs in your discography because one of those songs somebody might listen to and like and be like, yo, they're amazing. They're amazing. Meanwhile, they hate the entire discography, but like these like five songs out of like a hundred they like, right? Yeah. 
So, like, obviously building up a discography and building up something that, like, of merit, you know what I mean? Like, not just, like, shit, just, like, putting stuff out there, but, like, actually producing stuff and, like, putting stuff out there, I feel like is something that is really, like, imperative. Also, I feel like monetizing, you know what I mean? If you want to make money off of it, monetizing your streams. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I had a thought. Maybe I've had a little too much scotch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I lost it. So it happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, uh, okay. Let's, let me just dive right into something else similar. Uh, actually, what we're going to do is I'm going to answer off the top of my head now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. I don't, you know, but the, isn't that the fun? Let's see what's next. I mean, I mean, it's the fun, know, but if you want to, if you want to make money in the in the industry, right? If you want to make money in business, right? You always have to know where it's going, where the trends are, right? So you want to follow. Do trend. you? Do you? Yes. Or can you make the trend? Can't you just follow your heart and make the trend? You can make the trend if the trend is makeable. But what You're I'm not saying looking, is, so at this point, I'm saying though, it's not the same goal. You're not looking to get famous. You're looking to make your artwork. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me specify. Not okay. Not the trend, but like, for example, right. And when we were playing music, everybody was sending out press kits, right? Now they're called EPKs, electronic press kits. But at the time, you would send out physical press kits that had, like, music clippings about your band, like, in the news and everything else. And it would have, like, you know, your, like, who your band members are, your bio, your, like, links, all your information in it. You're selling yourself. It was, right, you're selling yourself, right? It's solicited material, right, that unless you're assigned to a label, a record station can't listen to, like, a radio station cannot listen to. So what I'm saying is that you sound to this – and we were lucky enough to be signed to a label. So we're like, we got solicited material, but like what I'm talking about is changing trend wise. What we would do is instead of sending the entire thing in a manila envelope where they're getting, you know, 50,000 manila envelopes. We're sending an email or a link to a site. Right. I'm sending you a film reel. And what I did, you know, take a film reel can, and you would put your bio, and instead of having a bio, you would have a poster, like a movie poster, because our CD was called Break Up at the Movies, right? Yeah, yeah. You had a movie poster, and then there were popcorn in there, like microwave popcorn and everything else, and like our, our, our album, news clippings, everything, you know what I mean, the whole nine. But it was displaying us in a different way that set us apart from everybody else. So what's the different trend? Marketing. Um, I you know, it's not up to me. The next creative person will create the trend. It's like resumes. Resumes have gone from a black and white printed piece of paper to a chocolate bar with funky ingredients like uh, work output and um, production and stuff as the ingredients. Or um, it's all marketing ploys. What's the best and most creative way to sell you? How do you catch somebody's eye or ear in music's case, you know, or I, I mean, sometimes it's marketable because it's beautiful, not because it sounds good. 
You know, right. not uh, Superman. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I think your marketing plan was brilliant. A little movie reel, you know. Um, so Drop Monday's album that we never actually released, recorded twice, never released uh, three times actually, uh, was Drop Monday, one week at a time. You know, uh, it was a cool concept. We were gonna actually do calendars and cut the cut the Mondays off. You know, and uh, we just never got to that point. But um, <laughs> you know it. So Drop Monday spent more of their time playing shows than recording, which <laughs> it's hard legacy to, you know, you don't really keep much from that, just memories. But uh, that was what we loved. We were no. a band. We were all about the stage presence, except for Jay, all about the stage <laughs> presence. <laughs> I mean, he was a great guitar player and he was the musical. He had the best ear I think I've ever seen in my life. All right. But he couldn't move on stage for a damn. So <laughs> he could write great music, and he played a great guitar. But it's it's uh, been it's been what twelve years now, thirteen years, right? What since John Monday played? Yeah, no, like no, with, with with Stolars. Yeah, no. Our, remember, we did that Hard Rock. We did a five year reunion about five years after we broke mm -hmm. up. We played a show at the Hard Rock and sold it out. I mean, it was the most money we had ever made as a band. I'm not ever played. That was with Jay. Listen. And then, you know, it just got, we broke up again. I'm I'm not saying that he wasn't fantastic. I'm not saying that he was. I'm just saying he was okay. He was all yeah, I don't want to talk bad on Jay. Yeah. Jay Jay was, was his own okay. person. You yeah. had to love him or hate him. Right. But he was a hell of a musician. Absolutely. A Absolutely. musician. Could play any instrument too. You so, could put him on a trumpet, he could play it. So So with that being said, like what we're getting at is that music follows these evolutions. Like there's all these different changes in music, like from the music industry to like how we stream music, how we listen to music, like how yep. we get music, how we buy how we and it also comes down to media as well, too, like how we receive media. Like right now, Mark and I are in two separate rooms, yet we're recording this video. Two separate houses. Yeah. We're not two even separate. in the same house, everybody. Just right. so you know. And we're sending it to you live, like right after we record it, we, we're sending it to you. So like what I'm saying is, is like. Speaking of live, we have figured out the issue. Um, <laughs> We are tech geniuses. We hope. Uh, we stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Um, <laughs> so the issue's figured out. My camera works now. You can see me and hear me. So we will be doing some live things still during the lockdown um, until Cheech and I can get in the same room. Our plan is to be where Cheech is at uh, with a little more um, lighting and, and a little more fluff and buff and Guys, I I promise you, my basement has all types of stuff in it. Like, I kid you not. There's a movie theater. We'll show you the Pittsburgh potty. Yeah, there's a Pittsburgh potty. There's a projector. There's a six-foot popcorn maker, which I'm not bullshitting you. There's movies out the ass. Like, you have no idea, which is maybe what's going to segue. Yeah, I see your tree. And we're going to put a hat and some sunglasses on it. And his name now is Luke. So. I'm not gonna lie to you. We might even change the name of the whole podcast. Who knows? To like, we might. you know, Luke I the Tree. It. I think Loud is back. <laughs> Nobody even knows what Loud means yet. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but so, final thoughts. I think that the music 
I think that music in general, and we'll leave it at this because I think we're going to bankroll into. Wait, before the final next... thoughts, I really sure. like the trivia thing. Okay. Okay. So I want to throw one at you. All right. All right. Um, really bad at it. No, no, you might know this. Mm. So, um, knocking on heaven's door. Mm-hmm. Who do you know? Who, who, who do you think of when you hear that? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. I can't sing. Sorry. Like, who do I think? Oh, Guns and Roses. I'm sorry. Right. Let me just cut to Guns and Roses <laughs> are the ones. Use your illusion. Um, beautiful song. Do you know who actually wrote it? No. You don't take take. So think obscure folk god. Weird Iankovich. You're so far off. He's not folk. I um, go for it. It was a Bob Dylan original. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I never I knew that. that. I always thought that song was written by Guns N' Roses. You had your phone. Your... I heard his version. It is as beautiful. Since we're on the topic, while you got your phone out, why don't you look up Weird Al Yegovich's discography? Oh, I love Weird Al. What do you want to know? Dude, incredible. There uh, are uh, so many artists that we don't even realize that like write and produce and record and everything for other artists and like just make them what they are. Like, So it is. I've been a Weird Al fan most of my life. Mm-hmm. I grew up, you were talking about you grew up on Rap is Up, and I did want to mention at 13, my first concert, real concert, was a Megadeth and Misfits. I grew up on hard rock and metal, and, you know, I was, I caught a drumstick from the Misfits and uh, picks from, you know, so I, I partied. I love the metal scene. Not so much anymore. I still love going to concerts, but I will stay away from mosh pits. Um, I'm way too old for that crap. Ooh, I got the hiccups, but, uh, shit. Where are we going with that? I don't know. Where were you going with that? Uh, I just wanted to say that you grew up on rap. I grew up on metal, maybe. I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, I never, like, I didn't go to, like, rap concerts. Like, my first concert was... Oh, I would totally. What I'm saying is is it was weird because it was, like, I grew up on hip-hop, and then, like, all of a sudden, that like... Eight like middle grade hit and like people were like, "Oh, you play the trumpet?" And I was like, "Yeah, I play it pretty, pretty good." And they were like, pretty "Oh, really?" Grass trumpet, right? So like they brought me into this room. Like I'm a 13 year old. There's like a 21 year old, an 18 year old, like a 17 year old. Like they're all like different ages. I'm like the youngest person in the room. And they're like, "So let's hear you play Snoopy." And I'm like, "Like da da na da na 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 na." And they were like, "Yeah, can you play it?" Right, and I'm like, like, mind you, I'm 12 years old. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, all right. And I'm playing on a trumpet, and they're like, I think he'll work. I think he'll work. I think he'll work. By the way, that band was called the Sidewalk Berserkers, and it was a Kevin Smith-inspired band, which all of the songs were, like, related to that. But getting back to that, like, it's just it's so very niche. <laughs> yeah it's like it's so it's so weird like <sighs> like music in general is just so weird it's there's so many tangles and so many webs that you weave with it like i'm telling so you much- i've been wanting to do a jimmy buffett tribute band in pittsburgh 
There's <sighs> so many parrot heads. The problem is you need like 20 people to do a proper tribute band. And I've worked with six band members and that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I could literally get a, a military together easier than you can get six prima donna musicians together twice a week for practice and twice for shows, you know. Man. But yeah, yeah. <sighs> Sidewalk Berserkers. I had uh, I had one band that went through three names once, right? All right. We did, uh, I don't remember the first name, it was stupid. So the second name was Uncle Monkey, right? <laughs> and we were like, this is awesome. We're in high school. We're a heavy metal band named Uncle Monkey. Uh, we wrote a song about the cookie monster. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Mm. It was probably one of the best, but um and then we found out that there was an australian band named uncle monkey and of course we thought we were going to get famous with like the four songs we knew clearly uh, and covered shit like typo negative which you know okay but like yeah so anyways uh we uh we so we changed our name to dead monkey we killed uncle monkey and so it became dead monkey and that was where we ended up and you know my high school band and uh never got me laid you know, remember a dream, uh, uh, days confused. They say, oh, what if we weren't football players? What if we were in a band? <laughs> get it? No, no. Can I, can I stop you real quick? Please stop me. Um, so when you're talking about this, right, like people don't understand the importance of the name of a band, right? Like you need a very good name because your name is your brand. Do you? Because yes. So no, wait, no, stop, stop, stop. I'm wait, stopped. think about this. Okay. Proceed. Think about this. If you see a Metallica logo, right? You know exactly what it is. Right, you know exactly. But if you see a Beatles logo without seeing the words of the Beatles in it, you know what it is, right? Yeah. So your brand is very important to you. Yes, branding. But the name isn't as important as the branding of it. Let me, for instance, corn. They will tell you. So there's a video out there about Corn. It's between their first album. It's the recording of their second. Um, it was a great video, right? Um, and they sat there and they actually said, you know, we were sitting there thinking of names for bands, and somebody yelled out Corn, and we thought it was so stupid that it worked. And so basically, what they prove is that the name of the band isn't as important as the branding of that name. You brand, you the branding of that name. The jackasses, right? Yeah. The name itself tells everybody you're a bunch of idiots. But <laughs> if you play it right, like jackass, the, the group did, and, you know, you did it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't as much matter what the name is if you can use it properly and brand it properly is, is my take. Yeah. Um, I do think that the name should matter, but it doesn't necessarily have to is my take. Like even Drop Monday, I have to be honest, I was, didn't like that name, but it grew on me and it started to get purpose. And you know, the meaning behind it, like, you know, you wake up on a Monday, all you want to do is just be like, let's have another well, Sunday. So well, like, like you get asked this question, right? Like I was in a band called The Dream Intended, right? And like. Mm -hmm. The dream intended would get asked this question like all the time, like, well, what, so what is, is the dream intended? What is the dream intended? And it'd be like, we're not working nine to five. 
Meanwhile, I'm 36, and I'm like, oh, my God, a nine-to-five Monday through Friday would be incredible. You know what I mean? Like, but that I never was your thought, dream intended? That was our dream intended, not to work a nine-to-five. Our dream oh, intended to was work to work a nine-to-five. That makes way more not, sense. Yeah, not to I work I thought you were saying that that was your dream was to be able to work a nine-to-five. No, now I'm uh, saying now my dream is. Balls. Yeah, now I'm saying my dream is like, oh, nine-to-five, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> The yeah, dream I mean, intended like, changes. Right, it, it does, it does. As your <laughs> but it's it's funny because that's like what our thing was, was like we really wanted to be like, you know what I mean? Like this, this was our dream, right? And we all lived together. We lived in a five-bedroom house. Like we all lived together. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> it, it, there, was a, there was a lot of, of interesting things that happened there. That was a good time. Um, not that we're trying to talk about this in but it's just coming you know into conversation. We're gonna tell you what our topic is, but chances are we're not gonna get anywhere near it. Yeah. Throughout the I podcast. Mean, we You're gonna get used to it. We love we it. We talked about the history of it, where where we think it's going. We'll get to it in final thoughts, but like yeah, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. And uh so anyway, so final thoughts. So I think with branding, I think that there is a lot that can come with it. I think that this is going to be the future of what we're doing. And if you look at like, you know, trends and if you look at styles and if you look at everything else, this is where we're going with it. Like, in other words, like what's the next trend? What's the next way of like getting your music out there? Like, is there something faster? Like, is there it's something the easier? Social media trend or whatever it is, you know? Is it going to um, be a chip? Is it going to be like an eyepiece? Is it going to be like, what's it so, going to be? You know how they do glasses with um, bone conduction? So you, you can buy sunglasses now that are Bluetooth and they'll actually, instead of playing the music audibly, they'll use vibrations into your jawbone mm-hmm. because of where it sits Correct. right back here. Correct. And Correct. so, uh, you know, so I do maybe feel like maybe someday with what was Google Glass at one point, that augmented reality, smart glasses and bone conduction technology that you're going to end up seeing a pair of glasses that allow you to take your calls and listen to your music and everything, but aren't necessarily thousand dollar Google Glass augmented reality stuff. Cause I don't think we're anywhere near where that's useful yet. See, I think you say that, but like you look at our cell phones, right? You know, the next wave of cell phones are going to be actual folding cell phones. So like we have the technology that we can like fold, like crumple the screen. We can like, roll the screen. Yes. So it's coming. This Google is Fold. coming. Look at the, what is it? The Samsung Fold. <laughs> It's right. a foldable screen. It's literally a full screen that you can pull in half. It creases. We have cars that can literally drive themselves. We have like technology that can do everything. This is actually what I was talking to my wife about earlier. With this pandemic, it has shown everybody that you can still get things online. Like everybody shops online. Like, and if your business in 2020, right? If your business, if you're a major business is not doing as much online sales as it is or more than it is in the store, then there's a problem. And there's oh, a lot. There are platforms that have to have brick and mortar buildings. I'm not um, disagreeing. Think yeah. about furniture, mattresses, home improvement, like kitchens and, and tiles. Furniture is my ass. Like you can buy that shit you online. But, but to go and buy a bedroom set online, right. You don't know what size it is. I mean, 
You know, I bought shit from China. They're like, it's 43 by 28. You get it? And it's like, it's for a dollhouse, you know? Like, uh, color and stuff varies. So for me, for me, furniture is still something I like to physically go and look at. And the, like, yeah, an end table is one thing, but a couch. I want to sit on that damn couch. I'm not going to order a couch from China and not know how comfortable it is. I think it have cats in it for all the fuck I know. I'm not. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that this pandemic has shown us that we have been able to do things that we have not been able to do in the past. Like we would have to go to the store to get these things, and like now we can order you things order online. You can order my, groceries now. My wife, my wife was ordering baby clothes today online, and I was just like, "This is amazing! Like we don't need to do any shopping anymore. Like I never need to go out on a Black Friday again." I picked up liquor curbside today. There you go. How cool is that shit? I didn't have to get out of my car to get liquor. So you froze again, but it's cool. Um, there you go. Uh, so my final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. My final thoughts are, if you're looking to get in a band, mine's going to be a little different than yours. It's not about the, the future of music per se, is how people should handle it. So, if you're in a band, want to get heard, number one, get out there and socialize, although I know it's hard right now. You need to be a part of the scene. You need to be active. You need to help your fellow bands. You need to build allies locally. Build a network. And get out there and promote on every freaking platform that you can. Because your only chance of making it in this day and age is probably going to be on social media and digital as record labels really don't care what you send them anymore. So get out there, network, be friendly, help, and kick ass while you're out there. Do everything you can. Enjoy what you do. And don't like, so we do this because we enjoy our friendship, talking, entertaining people we don't play in bands right now we're not neither one of us are in an active band so this is our outlet for entertainment this is our outlet to reach out to the public and have fun and good time and and grow our friendship and and more importantly it's just a project that we enjoy and you know uh so final thoughts are just do it because you can love it radio and myself check that out so final thoughts on my end. I have to agree with you, Mark. We do this because we enjoy doing it. Like it doesn't matter what anybody else says. We we just enjoy it. We enjoy each other's company. Drunk with Cheech digitally right now, and we'll get drunk in person when we can. We get we get drunk in person. We get stoned in person. We get it's. <laughs> It's a good time. Like I know that like we we go to parties and I'm like, he's the guy, we're the guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just go out and like, yeah, and our wives are like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, just go over to the corner, go ahead, talk about your music and shit like you're going to. Because this is what we always weed. do. We sit there, we smoke weed, we drink, and then we talk about movies and music and what's going on. And like this is this is literally what we do. So our final thoughts, my final thoughts today are is like this is literally like what Mark and I do all the time. Only this time we get to share it with everybody else and we'd like your opinion on it. Like 
I think personally. Tell me if we suck. Right. Like, tell me, what do you want to hear? What do you want to know about? Like, I think we were talking about maybe like topics for next week's episode is like media and like how it's evolved in like video as well. Video, video, video. Video. It's actually kind of, you know, we went from music to now video because video killed the radio star. So. Oh my God. Stop. 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 You gotta get better at your dad jokes. You are a dad. I do, I do. So we want to thank everybody who watches this. We want to thank you all. So I've always heard, you know, you approach something as you intend to proceed. I intend to have millions of people listening to us. So to all of our fans out there, far and wide, all across the country, the globe, we thank you for listening. (laughs) listen i like everybody i like all of you that are listening i appreciate everybody that's listening and i hope that in the future that we will have more of these come and Um, we will we will do a live event now um stay tuned on facebook and instagram we'll post the time it'll be a facebook live video um and we'll just bs with everybody we want you to chime in Get in the chat, talk to us, let us know what we, we want us to talk about. Um, yeah. And we will go as long as we can stand before one of us wants to throw up. Listen, in all honesty, if Mark wants to be like, the five-string bass was the first string like instrument ever recorded, and like you know that that's wrong. like Yeah, just, well, no, that was wrong. Well, clearly, that was wrong. That's, that's why I said it. Oh, no, saying okay. you okay. would be able to get on and be like, yo, you're wrong. Um, if not, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, shit, he's right. Ah. Fact check on Google. Yeah, like, yeah. fact checking became so much better with Google. In like, fact, just... maybe we'll throw some fake facts out there and see who can catch us. Ooh. Trivia, fake facts, and sponsors that don't give us any money because they're not real. Because that there's so much <laughs> no real, No real sponsors. Oh, wait, we would like real sponsors someday. We would. We, would. I don't put, we don't want fake ones. We want real ones someday. But right now, we got all fake the fake one. ones in the world. Fake ones are fun. Fake ones yeah, are fun. we like them. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Have a great night. Thank you very much for watching. Mob Dispatch. Peace out.